Happy birthday, my friend. I love you. Happy birthday. Hello, North Central. How you doing? You be seated. See, you can sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Is my buddy Sam Farina here? I heard Sam Farina was coming. Sam Farina didn't come. If he does come, tell him we're not friends any longer. Your uh, president and I have been friends, dear friends, a long time. He was in the Northern Cal District. I've been in the Northern Cal District for about 30 years. I'm not from California, land of fruit and nuts. I'm not from there. Uh, I'm from Louisiana, Cajun, uh, swamp people. I'll show you pictures of that. And that's where I'm from. But your, your, your president, it, uh, he, he built two churches, had 17 churches come from that, and all of them have died. I, I, so I wish you would have... Y'all can loosen up a little bit here. It's okay. It's all right. And, uh, y- you know, I, I, as you're standing up here, I think we all agree that we, it's the best-looking president, I think, of any Bible school or any college there is. You've got the best-looking. Some of you guys don't need to clap to that. Just to, okay. And, and, uh, and not only that, but you've got one of the sharpest. I'm, I'm serious. Of all, I've been a lot of Bible schools in um, Flunked out of a lot of Bible schools. And, uh, and I tell you what, you have probably one of the coolest, one of the greatest, one of the greatest teachers, influences, examples, role models uh, that you could have. And so, President Scott, I, I, we've been friends a long time. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm humbled by it. Um, there's no big deal here at all. No star hung over my manger, so I, I'm not the big deal. But what you have done here and even making it, see, you got to understand, uh, uh, going through COVID and pastors going through COVID, there were thousands of pastors that dropped out. There were a lot of pastors that just quit and, and just couldn't handle it. And the churches that remained during the COVID time were the ones that actually taught their churches right and taught them on the, on the, on the word. And, uh, but there were people that were folding all over. And it's, of course, for a school, it's horrible. And to see the bounce back and seeing that you had somebody here that was able to go ahead and see a revival still continue to go and you coming here, you have come to one, one of the greatest Bible colleges probably in the country, really. You, you, you're, you're one of the greatest ones. But some of the greatest students there is that you can find anywhere, amen? Thank you, both of you. Okay. So, um, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you know, you know what I, I, I thought about, and, and uh, the president asked me, he knows me, so, so I'm going to share with you two stories, uh, one today and one tomorrow. The one today is the thing you saw there. I'll talk about that uh, and uh, the football story. And, uh, and there are some people here that are going to have to change your life. And so you might as well just kind of get prepared for that. God wants you to do that. Tomorrow I'm going to talk about a resurrection. Uh, uh, they've already done 700 Club, a, a reenactment of this. They're talking about doing a movie. Uh, remember the, what's, what's the name of the movie? The little boy fell through the uh, water. Uh, well, huh? He went to school. You're right. He did go to school here. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, in a sense, it goes really kind of beyond that. Um, I know you may, <laughs> you may just hear that word, uh, but your generation has not seen miracles much. Uh, I grew up with the old Roberts and things like that. You didn't grow up with that. And so all you've heard is nice, good preaching many times, but you've not seen the miraculous. And tomorrow we're going to pray for miracles. Because you're looking at someone that is basically a Lazarus, given up, totally brain dead, uh, died eight times, and was put in a room 
and left. For me to talk to you, I can probably cry right now, but for me even talking to you and using my brain is a miracle uh, from all doctors of what they say. I'll show you pictures of this. If you know anybody that's not here today in the, in the, you know, that's, uh, in, in the school, make sure they come tomorrow. I'll show video. I'll show pictures of this, show you what I look like dead and, uh, and how God has raised me up and, and, and to share that story with you. And what it's going to do, even if you have family members and things like that sick, it's going to give you faith, and, and, uh, and uh, I'll tell you about that tomorrow. Is that okay? And then I, th- I think I'll be in some classes, and we'll actually talk about Bible things and stuff like that. But, I'm, you know, you're in the Bible all the time. You're talking all the time. And so, so I, I, this, this today is the second greatest story ever told. Jesus is the first, and mine second. Thank you. Uh, no, 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 no. Yours is second, too. There is no third. There is no third. Oh, you set me up for that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's no third. There's only seconds is all. Yeah, you, you, your, your story is the greatest story ever told. He said, well, my story, you know what? Listen, um, in my family, no one was ever saved in my family. No one. I didn't have my mom and dad. Sister was not saved. Uncles and aunts, cousins, nobody was saved. I was born in New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, which is now I heard the murder capital of the world and uh, raised down in South Louisiana. Nobody had ever been saved. I never had a Bible until I was 21 years old. I didn't know who David and Goliath was. I didn't know who, who Samson was. I never heard any stories like that at 21. So it might give some of you hope if you, how many were raised maybe in a home like that, that you, nobody was saved in your family? Anybody like that? Yeah. Well, you understand. Well, I, I think I'm sharing that for the, for the fact is that God will take anybody like you here, use anybody, someone that's never even had a Bible before. And since then, of course, I've, I've studied and got master's degrees and things like that. But I, I really just got into this book here. And I realized from the beginning to the end is supernatural. Everything is supernatural. I mean, you open the book here and God says, dirt. Do you, I, I don't know why we have a, a racial problem, uh, or why we have any kind of issue with each other when we're all dirt. And then, and then when you and I die, we go back to what? So the only thing precious in us is the breath. So once God tells you don't breathe, you're back to dirt again, and we all look the same. So I don't know why we have any issue with each other when we just dirt people and we go back to dirt again. And, and so I didn't get saved, as you will hear, in a church because I wasn't going to church. I got saved in a football dormitory. And so my mind constantly thinks, get out of the building. Get out of the building. Church needs to leave the building. And we need to get out and touch people and reach people. Now, you know what, President, I, I, I've had a lot of different, over the years, people that would pick me up, students that would pick me up from the airport and things like this. I talked to them, four years in school. And after four years in school, I asked them what they're doing. They say, well, I'm studying this. I said, what are you doing, though, other than studying? Well, I, I, I haven't really done anything. When I get my degree, I'm going to start ministering. Uh, you're not going to be a candidate then for my church. You, don't, you, don't, you minister all the time. It's not like you stop for a minute to learn something and then you keep going on. You minister every day. Every day you walk out, this city especially needs this, this, this college and needs you to be the lights, right? Needs you in this city. Because, see, you're not the lights of the church, you're the lights of the world. But you say, well, I'm not ready yet. I'm an amateur. I, I don't, I'm not a professional. I have my doctorate. I don't have a master's degree. I'm, just an, I'm not a professional like you guys. Well, you got to remember, amateurs uh, built the ark. Professionals built the Titanic, which one still floats. So, yeah. 
Oh, I don't want to give you too much right now. <laughs> okay, now listen. Uh, I enjoy, I, it's no big deal. I just, I, hey, this is who I am. Uh, I don't care if you like me or not. It doesn't matter. I just care if like, God likes me. Uh, and, and, and it doesn't matter if, I, how, if you Instagram me or if I say something and you do it, I won't read it if it's ugly. So it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I, this is as real as you can get. I, I realized why, one of the reasons I didn't get saved earlier and I never knew God is I saw people that would go out drinking with me and go to parties that were also going to church and saying they're Christians. And it confused me. And I said, you know what, if they can do that, well, why do I have to go all the way and go to church and stuff when these guys are doing that? And that's what I saw on the football team. I saw guys, oh yeah, I go to church, I go to church and they're out with me on Saturday night. So it was confusing to me and I couldn't understand it uh, of how they're, well, I guess I'm going to heaven too then if everybody's saying they're going to heaven. So I'm speaking from the world's point of view. I'm speaking from where I was in the world and this is who you're called to reach. And, and listen, let me just tell you right now, you know more than all of them know because they don't read the Bible. So you know more in a little bit that you know anywhere you go. Wherever I go, it doesn't matter. The times I was in a hospital, I'm leading a nurse to the Lord because I'm the light of the world. I'm not the lights of the church. So get out of the church, all your praise and jumping down here, do you do it outside the building? Because you, you almost like Saul Bible school where you all dressed up for battle, but when the big guy shows up out there, do you run back to camp? Are you gonna get out of here and fight? Are you gonna see, are you gonna just sing and praise and jump and dance and then when you get out there, you're gonna get in the closet where everybody else has come out the closet? I need to settle down, huh? I, I don't wanna hurt your feelings. Some, might be, I have some house plants here and I don't wanna do that and, and break you. So you know what, I enjoy church, I enjoy having a good time, I enjoy just talking, and I enjoy seeing God move, and uh, I want to see something happen with you today. That's the only reason I'm here. I'm here to see my friend, but I'm also here to help my friend. And I, the way I can help him is to see us become a unit, have the same mind, have the same thought, because the devil is what, he's really good at disunity. He wants to divide is what he wants to do. And so let's just come together here and let's just have the greatest couple days that we can. Everybody said amen to that? Amen. Okay, Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. That covered pretty much anything I could have said right there. <laughs> so so here, I'm going to talk about the second greatest story ever told. This will be my story. This is 50 years old, and I remember it as if it happened yesterday. And it changed my life permanently. I never had to go back. Never had to go back to my party and lifestyle because I grew up party. I saw my whole family party in New Orleans. That's all it was like. So, so we get in there. Let me, let me read a few scriptures because I know a Bible school needs to read scriptures sometimes. So let's put a scripture up. Uh, here it is. He said, this means in 2 Corinthians that anyone who belongs to Christ has become, you know this, a new person. Now, now not, not a new thought, not just a new feeling, not a new attitude, not a new action. New person. You're not the same person you were. I'm standing here, I am not the same person I was. My thinking is different, uh, everything about me is different, my dress is different, uh, what I eat is different, what I drink is different, what I say is different. I'm a brand new person. So if you're partly a brand new person, then you haven't really, you met the movie Jesus, but not the Bible Jesus. You met the wrong one. When you meet the real one, you become, somebody say new person. New person. Yeah, okay, okay. So, and he says, what does it say? Old things are passed away. Old things are gone. So when I first saw that, I thought my mom's going to die. A couple of you. I'm not going to explain that to you right there. And a new life, a new life has begun. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, can y'all loosen up? It's okay. 
Okay, let me loosen you up. Everybody gets A's today, and everybody's going to get an A today, okay? So, okay, no, you're going to fail. Okay, you didn't, you didn't. Okay, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ become a new person, old things pass away, a new life has begun. You know that. Okay, go. And all of this is a gift. Yeah, Holy Spirit is what? Gift. It's a gift. Who brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us this task of reconciling people. Okay, so you have, an, you have a job. Not just study, not just to get degrees, but you have a job of restoring, of having harmony and having agreement. As you know, the way the world is, if we don't do it, who's going to do it? You think, that, you think the government's in charge of this? No, no, the government's not in charge of this. You think, you think the government ch- ch- uh, runs everything? No, 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 you know, it doesn't run anything. If you look in the Bible here, King Nebuchadnezzar was the worst king there ever was in the Bible. And in the Bible it says, Nebuchadnezzar is my servant, four times. So the worst king in the whole Bible here is now God's servant. So you've got to understand that God holds the whole world. I don't worry about all this stuff going on. I know that God's going to take care of me. I know I'm going to be okay. Everybody else might not have, I'm going to have food. I'm going to be okay because I'm following the Lord. Amen? Good? Okay. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. And it says, for God was in Christ reconciling, okay, so reconciling the world himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful, this wonderful message of reconciliation. Okay, we'll read, read one more. So one more up there? Yeah. So we are Christ, you're an ambassador. Now, so understand, understand when you read the Bible here, uh, and when you hear me talk, it's not me talking. When you hear the Bible, anytime you hear the word, that's God talking. Uh, he, might, he might be using me, but I'm just the mailman. I didn't write the letter. I'm just delivering the mail. And sometimes I think we look at a speaker and, and we say, no, I don't know what he's saying. No, no, no. If, if we're reading this here, all I'm doing is just repeating what God is saying right here. And so he says, this is what we are to do. We are to plead for people to come back to God. Now, I wonder how many of us sitting here at this point right now, if we died right now and stood before God, how many people have you brought to God? How many influenced, uh, have you influenced back to God? Have you Because pur- we're going to stand before him. And he's going to wonder, I gave you my son's name. I gave you the power to tell every demon to go back to hell. I gave you everything you need to be successful. I gave you everything you need to live a life you need to live. And you didn't open your mouth? I'm just, I'm trying to help you before you get there, okay? <laughs> That's all. I'm your friend, love you, but I don't want you to get there and just say, I lived, you know, I just sat soaked and soured most of my life. I went to church. Uh, that doesn't make you a Christian. You go to McDonald's to make a hamburger. I had, uh, you know, so you can, you can sit in a Bible school and still be lost. I think maybe you'll be judged even greater. You're sitting in a Bible school and don't get your life right, and you're in a Bible school? God's saying, I brought you here to go ahead and see your life change. I brought you here to go ahead and light you up. I brought you here to go ahead and wash away all the junk that's in your past. I brought you here to change the things in your life. Amen? Okay, okay. All right, so, so let, me tell you, let me tell you a story. I grew up in New Orleans. Let me show you a picture of Mardi Gras. Anybody, anybody ever been to Mardi Gras? Who's been to New Orleans? Mardi Gras, you've been to Mardi Gras. Okay. It's, it's the biggest party there is in the world. Uh, it's, it's the biggest drunk, uh, crazy. Honestly, uh, nine months later, there are more babies that are born in New Orleans than any other time. Uh, I think you get that. Okay, go ahead. Show you, these are pictures. Now, I'm in the middle of this as a kid. As a child, I grew up in this. I grew up in my parents, uncles and aunts, cousins, my cousins. 
in New Orleans, all drinking, smoking, cursing each other out, uh, getting drunk, next morning, Bloody Marys, and we'll hug. Okay, that's what I saw. Didn't see anything Christian, never knew a Bible, didn't know a scripture, didn't know a story. Uh, as a kid, any Catholics here, I was raised as a Catholic, as a kid, I learned our Father, the Hail Mary, and that's about all I remember. But see, as a Catholic, you're, you're told not to even read the Bible because you won't understand it, people. You, it's just too deep for you. Only the priest could do that. So you never had a Bible, and we never understood anything. And it was just kind of an over and over, kind of a soap opera, over and over again. You, you, you left for a year, you go back, it's the same old story. Okay, so, so this was Mardi Gras. Just showing a little background here. Go ahead, I think there's another one. That's Mardi Gras. Go ahead, next picture here. And uh, then swamp people. I, when that came on, I was looking for all my relatives because this is the area where I'm from. I'm from... And, 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 and we still drink down there. Okay, so, uh, yeah. Are you from New Orleans? <laughs> you just got excited about swamp people. Okay, because so, there's some good-looking guys up there. All right. All right. So, some real, real lookers there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not just swamp people. When it came on, I said, okay, I know the bayous. I know all that down there and been down in those areas and, and, and the hunting alligators and all that. That was all your relatives would do that. You'd eat alligator down there and things like that. And then you, you go to this here. And, you know, down there they have different kinds of jokes and different things like that. Go ahead. I'll just give you a typical Cajun joke. There's Boudreaux and Thibodeau. Boudreaux and Thibodeau. Uh, Boudreaux, Thibodeau says, Boudreaux, did you get that parrot I sent you for your birthday? Boudreaux said, yes, it was good. Thibodeau said, you ate the bird? He said, of course I did. Thibodeau said, well, that bird could speak five languages. <laughs> Boudreau said, then he should have said something. Uh, yeah. So high school, it was high school, President, that, that we were the Broadmoor Buccaneers. Uh, what I did in the seventh grade, I started playing the guitar. And uh, influences were Jimi Hendrix and all the funk music. I'd play all this funk music. I'd play Cream, Steppenwolf, and Iron Maiden, all this. And... I even, even I played Jimi Hendrix all the time. I, I bought a fro. I had a fro. I actually had a fro. I had a psychedelic vest because I'd play Purple Haze and all of his songs and stuff like this. Play behind my neck and learn, learn to play. And then football is real big. So, so in Louisiana, football is a god. I mean, it really is. It, it's, it's LSU's down there. But it, it is like everybody watches it. My dad's watching football all the time. And so as a little kid, you tell size-wise, I wasn't I wouldn't a giant here. And I started, he said, I wanted to play to get my dad's, you know, attention. It's fourth grade. I started playing. We played tackle football in the fourth grade. And, and uh, I wasn't real, I wasn't big at all. And, uh, but I was fast. Um, I don't know if I was fast. I was scared. I was real scared. And that's why I ran fast. And so I could outrun everybody. And so I, I so I'm playing a guitar and I'm playing football. That's what I'm doing. I go all the way through my high school and then I get to my, going into, into my senior year in the summer. In the summer, my dad in, uh, is in a refinery in Baton Rouge, so we grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And so he loses his job. He lost his job. It laid people off and all this in the summer. And my dad was kind of like, your parents want you to go to college. They want me to go to college. And so I, sa I said, Dad, I'll quit playing football, and I'll go to work after school, and I'll help out the family. He goes, no, 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 I enjoy watching you play. So I want you to go ahead. I want to watch you play. You go and play. So I felt a responsibility on me. How could I help my family out? And what could I do? And the only way I could do that is maybe get a scholarship, get a football scholarship. And that would pay for my school. They wouldn't have to pay for it. So I went into my senior year, and, and uh, I was an All-American uh, running back, and, and I was one of the five best players in the state of Louisiana. I had 
scholarship offers from all over the place. And so I'm trying to uh, figure out where to go to school. Because back in our day, like different than today, you only pick five schools. In our day, you could be 50 schools. They didn't, they had a, they didn't have a limit back in my day. You could have every school there was. But you, you, want, you didn't want to leave Louisiana because if you left the state back then, you were betraying LSU or something like that, one of your state schools, so you're supposed to stay in the state. So I'm trying to figure out where to go, and, and all these recruiters are coming in and things like that. And, and then they came out with this magazine. Let me see, you, you have this magazine, Terry Bradshaw. Put the Terry Bradshaw, yeah, there, there, there was a can, that was a real ship can there. So Terry Bradshaw, anybody know who Terry Bradshaw is? Terry Bradshaw, a couple of you, okay. Terry Bradshaw played Pittsburgh Steelers. He played at Louisiana Tech University in Louisiana. He was the number one draft choice to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's 6'3", 225 pounds. Now, the average probably NFL quarterback back in my day in the 70s were probably 6'190". I mean, every, everybody today was hu- is huge, but back then, you know, it wasn't as big. It, but he was, he was the same size as the middle linebacker to Pittsburgh Steelers, so it was unusual. So what happens is, is that, that Terry then is on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and we're all excited. A guy from Louisiana is on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Look at this. I said, Dad, look at the thing here. Oh, Terry Bradshaw's on the cover. All of a sudden, my phone rings. Hello? Uh, said, uh, this is Terry Bradshaw. Is Boom Boom there? Dad, it's the guy on the cover of the book. He said, let me talk to him. He said, he, he didn't ask for you. <laughs> yeah, Terry, Terry, uh, what you need? He goes, I understand you're a good ball player. I'd like to meet you. Can you come this weekend? Yeah, I'll come. So I go up, and, and, and I go up to Louisiana Tech. And I'm with the recruiting coach. There's a recruiting coach with you and that recruits you. And I'm standing in the basketball uh, gymnasium. And all of a sudden, I said, what are we doing here? He said, well, Terry's going to come in with the head coach. They want to meet you. So these guys walk in, and this giant of a guy looks like a lineman. Terry walks in, 6'3", 225 pounds. He's a quarterback. Walks in with the coach, and they kind of, we're standing there like this. Head coach looks at the recruiter and says, he's kind of puny, isn't he? Which always builds you up to be, be torn down. And so I said, uh, he said, yeah, but coach, he can outrun anybody on our team. He said, boy, can you catch the ball? I said, I can catch the ball. So he said, get over there on the corner of the gymnasium. So we caddy corner, present. We, we caddy corner in a college gymnasium, and he gives Terry Bradshaw the ball. And Terry, I don't know, y- y- y'all wouldn't know, but Terry threw the ball harder than any human being in the history of the NFL. It, it would make a sound like a jet, and it would just, it would just whistle. And so he threw it, I catch it. It about knocked me down. And then I threw it back, and, and the laces cut the skin on my hands, and I'm knocking the skin. I'm like, this is crazy. I caught one more, and I said, I'm not doing it. It hurts too much, so I'm not doing this. We'll make it short there. I ended up signing a four-year scholarship to Louisiana Tech. I signed a four-year scholarship, and then uh, now I'm lost as a goose. I don't, I don't know anything about God. Uh, I believe in God. Uh, I believed in God. I didn't believe in the devil. I believed in the devil too, but I believed in God. But I didn't, I didn't know anything about God. I didn't know anything. I wasn't saved at all. Just party is all I saw growing up. I didn't see anybody saved. Anybody I knew saved. Nobody witnessed to me at all. It is sad. Nobody would even talk to me. And I found out later there were people in my school that were Christians. And I'm like, why did you not talk? We didn't think you would want to. Who are you to make the decision on wondering if I could get saved or not? Maybe I won't get saved when you talk to me, but at least you plant a seed. Because I don't know anybody that just got saved the first time somebody talked to them, in a sense. You know what I'm saying? It takes a while for that to happen. That's why you plant that seed. So 
So I end up, we, we end up coming in early. Most of the freshmen came in early. Well, there's this guy named Denny Duran who is a Pentecostal pastor's son. He's 17, 18 years old, and Denny now is a huge speaker, speaking uh, as a young guy. He's speaking all over the country, you know, all the youth conventions and the youth things, uh, and he's very, very good. He ends up signing a scholarship at Louisiana Tech. Well, he wants to meet Boom Boom because people in the whole state knew who I was, and I went to Louisiana Tech. So the first day I'm in school, he comes up to me, this guy Denny. He comes up to me and goes, are you Boom Boom? I said, yeah, who are you? He said, I'm Denny Duran. I said, nice to meet you, Denny. He goes, are you saved? From what? What would it say from what? I had no idea what he's talking about. He goes, are you born again? Uh, Catholic. Catholic? Does that help? He said, have you confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart the Lord Jesus to be saved? Are you a preacher? What, what, what is the deal with you? What are you doing? He goes, yes, I am a preacher. I said, well, I'm not. I grew up in Mardi Gras. I'm Mardi Gras. And so right there, God put me on his, where are we going? We're through? I, just, I, ain't, I ain't got started yet. Why they keep coming? I'm telling them don't come. They keep coming. So it's really that bad. You want to stop it right now, huh? Jesus, help us. Okay. Huh? You, you, uh, okay. That's fine. No, I'm not going to say another word. You're just distracting me like crazy, but that's okay. So, okay, let, let me show you. Let me show. So what happens, I'm not even hadn't gotten saved yet, guys. Uh, Lord, I'm still lost. So I need to hurry. Whatever. So about, about three years later, Denny, Denny, Denny's like head of all the Christians, got about 10 people. I'm head of all the sinners telling them where to go drink. That, that was what we did at the thing. All of a sudden, I, I, just to make it short since they're standing up here, uh, the night before I got saved, I, I had a dream, went to hell because I didn't believe hell was real. Went down to hell and we were drinking. Our buddies were in a car and the car flipped, hit it. And then we, I'm standing in, in front of a, uh, a gate. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm assuming Jesus is standing there. Look like him. All the pictures look like him. And so he's standing like this, and he's not smiling. And I said, "How? Hey, this is heaven, huh? Yeah. He said, who are you? I said, uh, I'm Glenn. I'm Boom Boom. I've never heard of you. Uh, what do you mean you never heard of me? He said, have you heard of Denny Duran? Oh, yeah, I know him. I don't know you. I said, what do you mean you don't know me? Because you didn't listen to what I asked you to do. You didn't listen to what I told you to do. And... I said, what do you mean? When did you talk to me? He said, I talked to you through a guy named Denny Duran. So you don't realize when people talk to you, I'm not representing me. I'm representing God really to you today. See, you got to understand. I'm just, I'm just, I'm nothing really. I'm just vapor. It's him. And he he said, I spoke to you through Denny Duran. Did he not tell you you needed to get right with God and get saved? I said, yeah, he did. He said, well, you didn't listen. I said, so what does that mean? He said, depart. Immediately, there was like a trap door open. I went through a trap door and it's pitch black, pitch black. And I'm like, I'm falling. I feel on myself, I'm free falling like this. And all of a sudden I start feeling heat and I feel the hair on my legs are burning off of me and I, I'm feeling like I'm gonna burn up and explode. All of a sudden I wake up. And when I wake up, I'm in my dormitory room and I, I feel my, my shirt is sopping wet. I go over to the little mirror in our dormitory and my, I had heat burns on my face as if I had, like I, I had heat that hit me. And I looked in the mirror and I said, there's a hell and I'm going there for the first time in my life. There's a hell I'm going there. Next night, I did go to the Bible study that they had on a team there, and I walked out, and I didn't get saved after all that. But I walked down to my dormitory room, and when I did, Denny followed me. 
because he was kind of an old Christian, kind of knew some things and said, you know what, uh, he's convicted, so he's going to sit with me. And he came in and I started telling him, I said, Denny, let me tell you why I don't want to get saved. Um, number one, uh, I don't know what my parents are going to think. Number two, I don't want them calling me the names I've been calling you. Um, and I said, I'm, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I said, nobody likes it. Even the world doesn't like hypocrites. They don't like anybody to waffle back and forth. Even God, lukewarm. That's a mixture of hot, hot and cold. That's all it is. You're lukewarm. You're in the middle. He hates that. And I looked at Denny, and I said, Denny, tell me the truth. What you said to this abundant life and my life changing. Hey, you don't lie to me here. Uh, tell me the truth. Is it really real? He said, everything I've told you for the last three years. Now, he's witnessed me for three years, and I, I, I didn't do anything. He said, everything I told you for three years, he said, exactly the truth. He said, there's abundant life that God has for you, and he has a plan for your life greater than what you'll ever know. All of a sudden, a hand, almost like Paul got knocked off a horse, a hand comes and pushes me on my knees in my dormitory room on the carpet I took from the cafeteria. So I'm kneeling down. <laughs> I gave it back after I was saved. Don't worry about it. I knelt down, and he gets all excited. He's going he's he's to do it. I'm like, close the door, Denny. No, God, it's embarrassing. He's, he's like jumping around. He's been three years praying for me. And he comes over. He goes, okay, boom, boom, go ahead and pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed. Pray another prayer. You know another prayer? Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed for thy wench. You know another prayer? I said, no, I didn't memorize that third one. I'm sorry I didn't remember. I said, just ask Jesus to come in your life. And I just said, Jesus, I said, save me um, and come into my life in Jesus' name. 21 years in the world, not knowing a scripture, not knowing anything, lifted off. To, I felt, did you feel something? Yeah, I did. I felt weights because it's a weight. Sin is a weight. I felt it lift off of me. I had tears coming out of my eyes. And the first time in my life, I said, it's real. See, some of us here, you get so much Christianity, so much church, you don't realize this is real. And you think just when you're in a service, I felt God. That's not the greatest service to be in. It's when God feels you is the greatest service that you can be in. My life changed in a dormitory. I went back there, President. I went back there maybe about three years ago to my dormitory room for the first time. Because, see, where you get saved and your life gets changed is a holy place. I went and knocked on the door during school time, and a, a student answers the door in my room. I don't know what he's doing still in my room, but he was there. I opened, he opens the door. He said, he said, he said uh, who are you? I said, this was my room about 25 years ago. I said, can I, can I just walk in to your room? And he's kind of, he opens the door, and I kind of stand there, and I, I stand and I started crying because it was right there where my life to this day has never been the same. I never had to go back. I never had to try the world again. I never had to test it out again or wonder. And I said, right here. He said, what happened right here? I said, right here. And so I ended up telling, him, telling what happened to me. And I ended up praying for him and he got saved. And so... The Holy Spirit story is even is 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 crazier than what you just heard. The Holy Spirit story. 
Because what happened immediately, I went into, uh, I'm past time. Am I past time here? Tell me the truth. I am past time. Okay. Uh, Do y'all have to go to class right after this? I'm going to keep y'all here then. I'll keep keep you here. How many want me to go a little bit longer now, huh? Teachers, I own the school right now. (laughs) Why don't you stand? Stand up. Stand up. I I tell you about about a third of what I want to tell you, but... um, I got to look at the time better. Here's what I want to tell you. And tomorrow, tomorrow listen, guys, tomorrow, seriously. Um, not playing it. This, isn't, this is really, you're looking at a resurrection. Um, I could not be, when you hear the story, more dead. I was classified totally brain dead. I'm not even, to me, even, even right now, talking to you is amazing to me from what I know that I'm able to even, my mind even comprehend and make a sentence. Because I was to be, if I did live, a vegetable. I don't know which one, but I was gonna be one, I guess. Um, but can I, can I just tell you this, guys? Can I tell you this? Uh, I haven't been halfway in anything. When I was in the world, I was in the world. When I got saved, I was totally different to this day, to this day, for 49 years. Nobody in my family was saved. I led my whole family to the Lord. They ridiculed me the whole time. If you have family that's not saved, you hang on. It took 30 years for my dad to get saved and my mom to get saved. 30 years of me being a Christian, traveling all over the world. 30, they got saved. I led my sister to the Lord. She got filled with the Spirit. She was raised Catholic. And, and I realized that my whole family has now been saved. And, and my, my life is more of seeing your life changed and realizing that you can't get any better than surrendering at all. Value heads, value heads right now. Let me, let, me, let me just finish this. I don't know who's brave enough here. I don't know who has a backbone big enough to do this, to walk in front of your friends and admit something. But if you can't do that, don't you dare walk out the doors and think you're going to do it outside. If you can't do it in front of your friends here, can't do it here, I, you ain't going to do it where you work when you get out in a job. So why don't, let's just make it easy here. You might be a third of the way. You might be halfway. Let's say you're 99% there. You're almost there. You just want a little bit of your life. That's kind of like, ladies, let me ask you this. If, if I asked you to marry me and I kneel down, I give you a ring. We've been dating for two years here. And I said, will you marry me? It's 364 days out of the year. I promise I'll give you everything there is. I promise I'll give you everything. Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. But at 365th day, I want to do what I want to do. I want to go get drunk, go party, go do what I want to do. Will you marry me? Ladies, what are you going to say? No. Why not? Because you want the last day. So does God. He wants all of you. I don't need part of you. I don't need some of you. I don't need you sometimes and you're out sometimes. Bow your heads. It's real simple. I need the 1% that you're still holding on to is what I want. Raise your hand. You you need prayer. We're going to pray about that. I need it 1%. Come on, be honest. Just be honest. Just stand in here a minute, and we're just going to pray real quick, and I'll dismiss you. Come on, just walk out. Because if you can't walk out in a a chapel, you're not going to walk out in the world strong either. Come on, this is your friends and family. Walk out. Come on. Hurry, 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 because I'm overtime. Hurry, hurry. <laughs> hurry. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Come on. If you don't want to come, God help you. 
God help you. This is God doing this, man. This is God doing Come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. Come all the way down. Come here, bud. Come all the way down. Come all the way down. Tell him to come down. Tell him to come down. There you go. You're doing a great job. You're doing wonderful. You are so wonderful. You are the prettiest girl in the whole school. <laughs> Do you realize what you just said to yourself? Okay, never mind. No. <laughs> Look here. Hey, listen, listen, guys. I, I'm, just, I'm just having a good time with my friend and with you. And uh, one, thing I, one thing that I've always uh, I learned is that spirituality is being real. You know, you just be real. I, I don't have any, I'm, I'm this way at home. I'm this way at my church. I'm not some kind of alter ego. And because of that, me being a first-generation Christian, all my kids are in the ministry. All my grandkids are growing up in church. Who would have thought that maybe you, your legacy, your legacy is going to be your family? I've got three Berto boys, a grandchildren, that's going to grow up and be pastors. When I'm long gone, there's going to be Bertos that are going to still be preaching and winning people. That's what you're going to find out in your own life. But if you don't go and sell out now, and my family has actually thanked me now that they've gotten older and they're preachers. Thank you, Dad, for making that commitment because it changed our lives. It changed our family. And that's what's going to happen to you. Don't give up with your unsaved relatives. Don't give up. I would stand up in arenas in Singapore or wherever. I'd give a call. And in the altar call, the devil would say, you don't even have your own mom and dad saved. What are you doing over here in another country over here trying to reach people? Won't you go home and would just you know, throw that at you? Your whole family's not saved. Well, because of that, he's telling me, you need to just give up. And I'd give another altar call. And I'd say, well, okay. All right. Devil, go ahead and keep talking to me. Somebody else is going to get saved. And finally, I got my mom and dad saved. And so they finally they're in heaven. So I don't want you to give up on your loved ones, no matter how crazy they are. I mean, I'm talking about my, my whole family's crazy. And, and, and how many of you raised, I don't even need to ask you, if you're raising a dysfunctional family. I don't know if there is a functional family. You know, I mean, I don't think there is a so-called functional family. Everything's dysfunctional. I grew up in a family. We don't want to hear it. We're in the same one. You know, we're, we're all bit in that. Listen, guys, seriously. Best thing I ever did was what I'm telling you. When I knelt down and changed, uh, and it was real. It was real. And Jesus was able to, keep, able to keep me from anything and everything. I don't, I, the, the world tastes so nasty to me. It's so bitter to me. But then again, you're changed to make a change. Take your right hand, put it over your heart. Take your left hand, reach up to heaven. I'm proud of you, God. Hey, look, I'm very proud of you. Pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, this day, I love my school. I love you, Lord. There's still a few areas I need you to complete in me. I give you that 1% that's still been a problem. I want to let it go. And right now where I stand will be holy ground where I surrender everything. I give you everything. And Lord, you own me for the rest of my life. Because I know you have a plan. I know you have a future. I'm excited about my life. My past will not dictate my future. Today is a new beginning. And I thank you for giving me this. In Jesus' name. And everybody gave the Lord a big clap. Love you. See you tomorrow.